My name is Jay Poetics, and I'm so glad you're here. Look, I believe that God has a special message handcrafted just for you. But first, I want to tell you about the JXW Studio, a place where poetry, music production, and book writing can be produced. By clicking the two links below, you can help fund the JXW Studio. Thank you and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the JXW Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Poetics, and we have an amazing amazing talented artist with us today kid lee kid lee how are you doing today i'm good how are you pretty good so how i want to start this conversation is how we as the younger generation should be leading the revival of our generation and to not let the concepts and the the twisted theologies and all this stuff that our people don't really understand like not let that suppress their voice when their voices are already being suppressed. So I guess my first question, we're going to lean into like being, and you're going to really connect with this phrase, but being different, but gifted, right? So I know you connect with this phrase because look, yeah. So what does being different, but gifted mean to you? Um, to me, it really means, like, I've always been kind of different, like, I've always been kind of quiet, and yeah. I've never, I've never really fit in with the groups and stuff at school, yeah. around me and stuff, but then when these people get to know me, they start to see that I'm, I actually have a gift, like, I'm gifted, you know, God has blessed me with a gift, so I might be different, yeah, like, when you look at me, but... I feel like I'm very gifted. Mm-hmm. And and the way that I connect with that is that I am the same exact way. Like, I grew up isolated. Um, I had some, you know, suicidal tendencies and thoughts and all, all that stuff like that. It's it's a whole mental wreck. But I found Jesus got back in community. And all throughout my life, like, literally, all throughout, it was complete isolation. Didn't have friends until I was 15 years old. And I processed life alone. And I had gifts, you know, I had the ability to do this. I had the ability to do poetry and because that's one of my main things. I am a poet and I had all that in me, but I was so suppressed by the world and knowing that I wasn't, I was different. Like actually medically, I'm different. I was born with a condition that many people don't connect with. And I feel as though it's a really good topic to like sit here right now and be like, what would you say to all the, the listeners and all the people out there? Really encourage them to, like, be different, but be gifted. Um, I would say maybe, like, learn who you are through Christ and who God has called you to be. And don't try to suppress that. And, you know, don't try to be like the crowd, but just start to love who you are, who's God, who God has called you to be. And just you know generally just being yourself and and knowing that god has really called you into this in this place and what your ministry is going to do is going to change so many other people's lives so what would be like your testimony like with these interviews or with these conversations i want to like build it up so tell me your earlier stages of life Tell me how you grew up, um, your childhood, your faith, how that, you know, really corresponded with you. 
So um, I've always been in the church. I grew up in the church. I actually grew up doing Christian rap because my grandma really wanted me to do it and stuff. But behind her back, I was putting out like the secular music mm. and stuff. I was kind of just doing regular rap. And but everyone around me literally called me a Christian rapper. But I didn't want to be that because I felt at the time like it may have been a little corny. You know, nobody else was doing it. I didn't want to like be lame and stuff. And yeah, I, I kind of thought it was just lame. So after that. I kind of just um, fell off from the Christian rapper title. Um, yeah. I stopped rapping in churches and started putting out my music regularly. It was kind. It was like a lot of cussing and stuff. Just yeah, it was a, um, basically secular music. And then um, after that, I kind of just conformed with the world. I, w- I was gay, you know, and mm. stuff. And then I say in 2020. Um, that's when God came into my life. I had lost everything, went through a lot of depression. Um, I was self-harming, lost all my friends at the time, lost my job. I started watching TikTok videos and I would see other Christians like talk about their relationship with Christ. And that kind of just brought me in. It made me want to learn more. It made me want to like, I didn't didn't even know that you could have a relationship with Jesus. I, I didn't know that until I heard other Christians talking about it. So after that, I kind of just, I started to pray. I started to talk to God, like um, the other Christians were saying, we should do. So I did. And I started to hear him respond in different ways. You know, he started showing me things. And I kind of just started to look at him as a best friend, started mm-hmm. to feel his presence more, um, started to go to him when I was sad. And really, I didn't tell anyone around me because I was kind of embarrassed of the fact that, um, you know, like, I'm a Christian now and you know people people know what I have done like I've done horrible things so they're not going to look at me I was like they're not going to look at me as a Christian they're not going to look at me as somebody who is actually a follower of Christ I didn't tell nobody for a while and then God kind of just brung it out of me to tell the world yeah. about him starting in like 2021 but I was kind of still one foot out one foot in and then leading up to 2022 that's when I really started to speak out about my faith and um he asked me to do this for him full time like Christian rap so I started doing that and um now I have a ministry and yeah that's my whole testimony yeah that's that's good so for me it's pretty much the same like 2020 like i like the the lockdown the pandemic it, i think it arose truth within all of us to recognize who we are truly in God. But I was also in that same situation where I was kind of meddling with, you know, worldly stuff when I was like really young, obviously suicidal tendencies and and self-harming also. Um, I was writing poetry, but it was probably like the most depressing things that I've ever written in my life. I'm just really talking about like, like a lot of stuff that I was physically doing And it wasn't up until literally, and this is like from God, like people call me crazy, but it's like God orchestrated different dreams for me to have during 2021 that literally like sometimes even told the future of what would happen and then it actually happened. Sometimes it would give me revelation of what would would come. And it's like, I, I felt, I felt doubt in that and i didn't really fully believe jesus i was 18 at the time but it was like i started writing them down and the more that i wrote them down i shared them with a couple of my friends who also 
um, like, really supported me. I shared them with a couple of friends, and then, oh, lo and behold, they had the same dream, or they had this, and I'm like, okay, confirmation. Okay, cool. And then my faith just exploded in that in that way, where it's like, hey, God, I know you're taking me somewhere. I know you're moving somewhere. I just don't know how to bring it out. Just don't know how to speak up for myself. I just don't know what to do. Like, there's so many people above me and there's so many people around me. It's kind of like, Lord, show me direction. And I think a lot of little kids and, and these young adults, they feel the same way. They feel that calling of God. They feel that they are truly called to something. They don't know how to get it out there or how to do something about it. So what would you say to people who are in that rut right now, that they're in, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place? How would you lead them out and lead them to what God has called them to do? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would kind of just say maybe like pray, ask God for your purpose. So yeah. um, going through your life, going through all that God has led you through, what in your lyrics did you notice that hey you were being transformed like what was that moment where you kind of stopped cussing you kind of stopped doing all that and it was like okay god i'm doing this fully for you it was kind of like um so it was like a gradual change because at first i I knew that i was getting close to god but i told god at one point i was like I don't think I can stop cussing. Like, how am I supposed to make how am I supposed to make good music if I'm not cussing? So I kind of said that, and then over time, I noticed I just lost the desire to cuss, and it kind of just it kind of just started to happen. Like, I started to speak about things without cussing, and yeah. then I got comfortable enough to mention Jesus more because I was kind of like uncomfortable with kind of mentioning Jesus because I was at one point in the industry, like in the secular industry. So I didn't feel that they wanted me to mention Jesus. So I kind of suppressed it, which was not a good idea. But then I got comfortable with it and I started to say it more and more and more. I started to speak about deeper things. And that's when I knew like, yeah, I want to do this. Like I noticed that my lyrics was starting to reach people and actually Mm. speak to people when I started to speak more on Jesus, when I started to speak more about my testimony and stuff, instead of just talking about nothing. Like I noticed that Mm. I was making impact and I was, I was inspiring people. So that's when I knew like, yeah, this is, this is what God has called me to do. Yeah. You, you, you actually just said a, really powerful thing and we just like ran over it you you said and actually not talk about nothing which a lot of christian artists or a lot of like almost christian artists where they're just in out in out you know and a lot of secular artists too everything that they're talking about yeah it's cool you know the money the chains all that stuff but it's truly just nothing it's 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 empty it doesn't feel someone's spirit doesn't move people. And I know currently they're over here talking about, um, as a Christian, are you a sinner if you go to a Beyonce concert? And they, all that's blowing up on the internet right now. And my, my stance is, is that I will not follow any secular artists more than I follow God. Like me, I don't even listen to that music. So that would be my stance on that. But it's just like the the context of what 
secular music is is like it's money it's all this desires but it's nothing to fulfill a person it's nothing to drive a person to purpose and it, it it's really just leading people down a, a dark path in a dark hole um so about purpose like what are some avenues that a, a younger person can fulfill their purpose knowing that the world the industry um their parents might suppress them how can they tap into their purpose i think it's just like maybe asking god for the confidence to do it that's something that i had to do like i was once afraid to like speak out and stuff because i knew that i had family members watching i knew that i had like people from my past who knew who i used to be and stuff so i was a little afraid to speak out and use my purpose and stuff so i kind of prayed for the confidence to do it and ever since then like i've been more confident and i know that i'm trying to please god not people mm. you know so i think that that's that's really big like we're living to please god we're not living to please man and when I, when i started doing this podcast and poetry and actually like doing it publicly um i found out that even my closest family members are now supporters even the people that I thought wouldn't jump on jump on this and support it are now supporters. And I don't do it for them. I don't do it for the people. I don't do it for anything. Um, for natural people, I do it for God. But I recognize that we could have fear in jumping into our purpose, but it's like, eh, people are going to support. You know, they love you and, and stuff like that. But I also recognize that people who said they were going to support, eh, yeah not everyone's gonna love you not everyone's gonna like you not everyone's gonna jump on it but the the real ones that god has placed in your circle the the people that god has promoted in that space for you to be around they're gonna be like cheering you on every step of the way um and that's where i want to talk a little bit about the journey and and how gritty it might be in the start of it. So right now, this is like a new season for the podcast. A hundred episodes we crossed, and we are we started a series called the Pivot, where we're literally walking through our lives from the nitty gritty up to like a strong tower. And what does that look like for you? Like how much have you sacrificed? How much had you had to grind? To get where you are today, I know God has been a, a, a big promoter and helping you along the way, but there's just a big topic where we want to go in to that castle, but people don't want to go through the pain. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was like this journey so far, it comes with a lot of like comparison. I dealt with a lot of comparison, like comparing my walk with other people's walk just um, looking at what other people have and wondering why I haven't been blessed with that yet. Just, it's a lot of like looking down at what I'm doing because other people are doing more and stuff. So it just comes with a lot of, you know, you have to pray and stuff and ask God to guide you and stuff. And um, I try to keep my eyes focused on Christ because I notice whenever my eyes are taken off of him and I'm just so obsessed with what other people are doing, then my walk just come, becomes a little crooked. So, yeah. That platform that we start off, and all of our platforms differently, they differ. Like, somebody might start off here, and they started there, you know, and we might look at them and be like, 
yo, I want to be there where they're starting. But sometimes we start below and it's like, no, keep going. God's God's going to bless you and God's going to bring you to a place where he honestly wants you to be. But the, the show called The Chosen is a beautiful show. There's a conversation between little James and Jesus and little James, he has a limp and he comes up to Jesus and he's like, um, Lord, I, I see you're doing all these miracles. You're 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 doing these teachings. I have a limp. I'm sick among us. Um, and Jesus basically walks up to him and says, I could heal you right now. I really could. But how much would God get the glory if I if I just perform a miracle? And, and how much would God get the glory if people see you struggling and, and going through perilous times? And you're still your faith is like, boom, it's it's right there. So that's to say that even our struggles, even in our pains, even the, the starting platform that we're at, the grit, the grime, the everything that we're doing, we n- should know that God, he's appointing people in our circle to be like, hey, yo, that's what God can do. If he can do that, I would want to do that. So through like struggles and through the things that you've been through, how have you seen God use those troubling times to influence other people in a positive way so a lot of times i'll have people like dm me asking me like how to overcome the depression and stuff and how to overcome the anger and those are just things that i struggled with my entire life and just to see that others are coming to me and asking me like how did i overcome that and i'm able to say god and i'm able to tell them like the the whole thing about it, it's that's that's how he's been using that. But it's ultimately God, Yahweh, I am. It's ultimately He who will bring us through. the The toughest question that I want to get to is this one. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But what was the most painful experience of your life? Talking about like mentally, what was the most like? What you can think about the most painful, the most psychologically damaging that you've gone through? That's crazy because I was just talking to God about this last night, like telling him, like, and this was painful to get through. So it was actually, um, uh, my grandma was one of my like biggest supporters, and mm. like we, we were really close. She was a, a real supporter of my um, journey and stuff, and I kind of like she ended up getting dementia, ended up forgetting a lot and you know kind of forgetting the relationship that me and her had and and this happened in uh, 2021 so it was kind of like super hard for me to deal with like just just um losing her support and stuff you know because she no longer really asks about the journey and and the fact that I've now became like someone who does music for God and she's always wanted that like my Mm. entire life she's always pushed me to do that but the only side she really got to see is of course the kid side that was doing it but the the secular side and she she's never really got to really take it in that I'm doing this for Christ now and you know like it it hurts sometimes because I wonder like what she would have been saying now but she's kind of in a state where she can't really understand it so yeah, that 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 was super painful to realize. Because I know that these people like they bring us up, they pray for us. Like ever since we were young, ever babies, like 
God's gonna like do something with this child and that actually hit home like and for me even though that person for me wasn't alive but um when I was a little kid um teenager my mother actually passed away um she suffered with um seizures a brain tumor and for the all of my life uh she had blackout seizures and that kind of like grew paranoia within me and now i even i see it now today i'm very aware of my surroundings and all that but when she passed now it's like you cannot see me do this for christ like in that i I always get reminded of that it's painful like you cannot see you cannot see when i get married you cannot see when i graduate you cannot see any of this and and that's that hurts like it 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 hurts but at the same time we can feel rest assured that the blessing has come that they have prayed for for all of their lives it's here you are doing this for christ and i am doing this for christ and we are sacrificing our lives our past lives for jesus now that would be my answer to that question. That really was the toughest like area of my life because not only I had to deal with the blackout thing and the paranoia, but I also had to deal with like her not being here. Um, and I feel like a lot of younger people, they go through these things and they don't really have anyone to help them process through it. They don't have anyone to like talk them through it. And even, especially for the, the men, the, the the teenage men, they're like, if I expose my feelings about how I think about such and such situation, then I'm going to be like, you know, you're not a man <laughs> or something like that. And it's a really toxic double standard. It's gross. But how would you lead a younger person like to pursue God through their trauma? Dang, um, I would just say just vent to him how you feel about it because that's honestly how I've been getting through it like I'll, I'll tell God like honestly I feel depressed right now I feel sad right now but I'll constantly ask him to help me get through it like it hurts really bad like and it's gonna hurt but just be confident that God will heal your heart and stuff and you know just vent to him tell him everything we we place our identity in things so, for example, for me, when I was going through, like, suicidal tendencies and all those thoughts, my artist, like, my idol was Exorcistation. And I idoled him. I loved him. Um, and that was actually the reason why I got over, like, that depression. Not for him, but I was in Georgia visiting family, listening to his music in a in bathroom. In a, and I was, like, in there for hours and hours and hours. And my brother knocked on the door. He was like, Joe, you got to get out. And eventually he wrestled me out of there. But he he really told me and taught me that this person I should not place my identity in. And that's the trueness of we would place a piece of ourselves in a, a Drake. Or we would place a piece of ourselves in an excess of temptation or whoever artist you want to put there. And it's like, we want to receive peace from them, 
but the peace that we're getting is laced in the secularness. It's it's laced with the the lyrics and the worldly presence. So what we are receiving from them is toxic, right? And it's doing something in our spirit, doing something in our soul, but we believe that it's, you know, quote unquote, peace. But that's how I process through it. And once my brother put me on game, I said, hey, I'm never doing this again. I'm never listening to this again. I'm I I can't do that. Um, but who is who was the person you placed your identity in? Like, who is your favorite artist? Who was your back then before before you knew Christ? Like, who was that person you bumped? <laughs> For me, man, it was it was Nicki Minaj at one point, mm. and then like when I kind of started to get more into the world, think I was hard and stuff. It was Young Boy. Look, man. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> we love the sound. We love the sound. <laughs> I know people are so entrenched in that music, and it's like it, it's it's riveting. It's and, and it's, it's all that. But as followers of Jesus Christ, it's not you know giving us a sense of peace that Jesus yeah. could give us. Um, it's not you know providing us a a, a real sanctuary for Jesus to say, hey. I'm here, and sometimes I have to learn that myself again and again when I spark up some, like, New York rap because I used to be in heavy New York rap, like, seriously. But that's... that. Mm, yep, mm, yep. And that is not good. And so creative gifting, um, we know we're not supposed to listen to this artist or that artist, but now... How can we move creatively knowing that Jesus is our new person to put our identity in and to represent our life? Like, how can we pursue our, our arts, you know, rapping and YouTube or, you know, um, vlogging, blogging, all that stuff. How can we pursue our arts without that secular push, without that secular influence, right? Um... For me, I just kind of, I, I let God lead the way I ask, like, even before I write a song, even before I record, I ask him, like, what do you want me to say? Like, mm. what is it that you want me to say? What melody do you want me to use? I don't usually try to look at other artists and then try to sound like them anymore. Like, I used to, I kind of just let God take control over the entire thing. So, yeah, yeah I, I just let him control my gifts and stuff and let him control the walk. I think that's really big. One thing that my pastor says, Pastor Stephen Chandler, after every time that we enter into um, a time of people giving their life to Jesus, he will always say this first. He will say, everyone bow their heads, close their eyes. He will say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Right? And every time I'm in this moment, um, it's just a, a, a four-second time or however long Pastor Stephen wants us to reflect and to say, pause, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And oftentimes, sometimes I can find myself doing this podcast and doing my creative gifting in my own head, in my own mind. And I have to sit down and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? So what are some moments that you can think about where you wanted to do something but it just wasn't working. And what are some moments that you had to sit down and say, okay, this is not working in my own flesh. 
Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I actually had to do that in the process of making my new album, Chapter 20, because um, I tried to approach it the way that I would approach it um, before I learned how God wanted me to approach it. Mm -hmm. So I tried to write on my own without praying first. And I realized that nothing was coming to mind, like nothing was working out. So then um, God told me to pray. So I prayed and I was like, what do you want me to say? Like, Holy Spirit, like, what are you trying to tell me to do? And, you know, he just wanted me to pray before I record, before I start to write and stuff. Because I get writer's block heavy Man. before I pray, yeah. if I don't pray. <laughs> the, the way, uh, this is like off topic, but the way I kind of like get off, because I get writer's block also, I'm, I'm like, I do this too. Um, the way I did that was I started a poetry series called um, Poetry Under Stars. So what I would do every night, I would force myself to write. And you could probably like practice this too. I would force myself to write. So what I would do is I would go out night, like, like late, like we're talking about one, two in the morning. And I would just like pray, talk to God, obviously. And then I would sit in that moment and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And whatever he brought to me i would write about it and whatever that turned into like a, a thing i would recite and post it on instagram or whatever it is what it is um and even writing the podcast some sometimes i do written sometimes i do just sporadic but sometimes i would literally spend four hours recording and only get 20 seconds worth of content like i literally just spent four hours recording my intro and I had to, oh, wow, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And he's like, don't record tonight. Okay, cool. I'm going to take a break, take a breather. And I come back the next night and I do like like two hours, you feel me? And just realizing that through our creative giftings, doing it, doing it through Jesus, it will explode into something uh, amazing. So I ask this on every conversation that I have on the podcast. What would be three things that you would tell the younger generation to pursue their God-given gifts with God? One, I would say, keep your eyes focused on Christ. Mm. Two, I would say, um, be obedient. Be obedient in what he's telling you to do. And three, it would be be confident in all that you do. Being confident. Something that I struggled with for a long time, and it's funny that you say that, I was not confident. And what I was doing, even in my poetry or whatever I was doing at the time, um, I always felt like I didn't have a voice or my voice was being suppressed, so it doesn't even matter to speak. This podcast is, like, for the younger generation, so it's, like, the people that my demographic, I recognize and I realize that a lot of these people, they're not confident in, in who they are, even as a person, not even with their creative gifting, even, just even as a person, they're not confident in who God has made them to be. And you just look at the world. The world is it's not perfect. We're all, like, messed up in our areas. But knowing who we are through Jesus Christ and knowing that God has made us, we, we have, we should be confident. You know, I had one person on the podcast who said, it's not confidence, it's Godfidence, which that was funny. But, <laughs> but through all the stuff that's happening with the younger generation, there's a big excuse not to do their creative gifting because, well, I don't know enough about this or 
I'm not so talented or skillful in that, or I don't have enough money to like buy a studio or or set this up. Right now, where I'm recording, I I'm using a makeshift recording studio. I look, I literally ripped up a blow up mattress and I just made a little studio. Like seriously, like God led me to do this podcast, and I've been doing it with like the absolute trashest equipment. And it's been blessed at the same time. So there are no excuses for you guys out there. There's no excuses. So going off of that, how would you encourage people who they want to start a YouTube, but they don't have the $45,000 camera, you know, or they don't know how to monetize or they don't know how to do this how would you encourage them to jump into it i would say um maybe just find the best way and then just keep on trying because even when i first started recording there i was recording on a on a mic off of a laptop (laughs) i didn't have it i was just kind of just finding any way and just keep going with that way until god blesses me with the bigger things because then I started off with some crazy stuff. <laughs> you started off on Audacity? Yeah, Audacity, <laughs> and I didn't even have a mic. <laughs> like, I didn't even have a mic. Like, I was recording with a laptop mic. I bring this up because even I have personal friends, um, and I see them, and I'm so confused. Yo, you really need to start a YouTube, or you really need to start a SoundCloud. Bruh, get into it. Like, for real. It will bless somebody's socks off. And... I've been doing this for 10 months and the way I started was I started on SoundCloud. I, there's five episodes on SoundCloud and this was like five, six days after my birthday and I just turned 20. My first episode was so stuttery and I was so scared. It doesn't even make sense. And it's, it's still up for people to listen but it was crazy. And then after a while, like the next two weeks, I go to church and this one person comes up to me and say, oh, yeah, whoa, I, I, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, wow, you listen to that piece of junk? Okay, God, you're doing something. <laughs> and, and to see the, the cascading effect of where this is today, it's like, it's amazing. A hundred episodes later and God has been leading through each one of them. How have you seen with your music and, and how you have progressed, how have you seen the people around you be encouraged, inspired, influenced in any way? So um, I have this one group of friends that we help each other out and stuff whenever we stumble. And, you know, one of them, they also do music. And when they see me put out something, you know, it encourages them to keep going and stuff. And I even encouraged him to want to buy a mic now and to actually want to take this serious. And then a lot of people will come to my Instagram DM and tell me how much I'm inspiring Mm -hmm. them and stuff, how much my music speaks to them. My testimony inspires them to keep trying to find Christ and stuff. And every time I get moments like that to sit down with somebody that I love, Mm -hmm and say, hey, you have a talent, you have something that God has placed in within you, it's kind of like it's it speaks volumes to not only them, but it speaks volumes to me. Not to put my name up and me be prideful, but it's like, geez, God, like, you really did a work within me. Once I was quiet and timid and, and 
and all that. And now I'm inspiring people. And thus me inspiring people makes me be expired, inspired and all that. So really, what you're doing right now, what's like the future of it? What, where do you want to take this? Yeah, um, I hope to be able to like be a better speaker and to speak to people. Like, yeah, I, I speak to people through the music, but I hope to actually be able to like speak to people. I also hope to get some merch out. I hope for the ministry to grow, reach um more people and stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Your music, the first song that I um that. I discovered was jumping right and i love that song then i got into to purpose it was a real good vibe um and your music is very jumpy it's very it it, it, it just puts something within you that you can only but smile and you can only but have a cheerful heart and even the new music that you've recently put out it's, it's so inspiring like what would you say your core message is with every line that you write what's that one thing that you always remember with this podcast my one thing that i always remember is proverbs eighteen sixteen, where basically it says that as you do your creative gifting god will bring you in front of great men and he will open doors for you and he will make a room for you and all that what would be through your music right now that one thing maybe it's a bible verse or a song or um, an inspiration quote that you think about um, from your family or something what's that one thing that you always remember mine is it's never too late Ooh. and the reason i say that is because a lot of people when i was doing what i was doing in the world a lot of people always told me that i was gonna end up in jail or i was gonna end up like a bum or something and you know to just to see what i'm doing now it makes me think like it's never too late like everyone literally thought that they had my future figured out but Ooh. god said different so it's like i try to whenever whenever i make my music i try to like keep that in mind like it's never too late and i want people to know that people that are in the world and people are telling them like you're gonna end up dead you're gonna end up in nice. jail like i want them to know that it is never too wait for god to save you man that's heavy <laughs> that is heavy I, I felt that like personally like when i was going through a lot of stuff there's a lot of people low-key praying on my downfall like like you're gonna be this you're gonna be that i'm like okay i'm not even 20 yet i don't even know who i'm gonna be <laughs> but i had somebody literally tell me in my life that hey joe you would never be anything in life if you kept the same attitude I was a really rowdy kid back then. I didn't, I didn't care. Like I was, I was cussing out um, believers and stuff. I didn't have a foundation in Jesus. I didn't know what that was. So I projected myself in the world, and people would say, "You won't be this, or you won't be that, or you'll never be anything." And you saying that it's never too late—that speaks to me. What you just said is never too late to like do this for God and 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 do everything, change your life around and do it for Jesus. So I want to ask you one last question. What's the future? Like, like immediate future. We're not even talking about future future. We already discussed that. But like, what's tomorrow? Like, like, what are you doing right now? How can people get connected? Like, like, what, what, what you got going on? So 
I'm going to be releasing some more visuals, um, music videos. I'm going to be releasing more music, and I'm just kind of doing what God tells me to do. Just trying to be obedient, drop when he tells me to drop. So, yeah. Um, there'll be an EP dropping yes. about my testimony, actually. I'm going to be speaking on my testimony. I'm going to be storytelling on there mm. about how I kind of came up and how I how I got to where I am now. I am totally looking forward to that. But this was an amazing conversation. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being a part of the JXW podcast and um, any other future conversations. I am so excited to have with you if you ever wanted. Thank you for joining and peace out.